This is the Ellis Martin Report. When you hear us mention companies doing any kind of business, there's a large probability, if not a certainty, that the Ellis Martin Report is compensated for that mention. We're telling you this so you can make your own independent evaluation of these opportunities. And now, here's Ellis Martin. I'm Ellis Martin. Join me for a conversation with David Suda, the president and CEO of TerraX Minerals. Trading on the TSX Venture Exchange under the symbol TXR and in the U.S. as TRXXF. TerraX owns a 100% interest in the Yellowknife City Gold Project, encompassing 783 square kilometers of contiguous land within 12 kilometers of the city of Yellowknife. The project is located in the prolific Yellowknife Greenstone Belt, covering 70 kilometers of strike length along the main mineralized break-in proximity to the former high-grade Khan and Giant gold mines, which have produced over 14 million ounces of gold. The Yellowknife City Gold Project is close to vital infrastructure, including all-season roads, air transportation, service providers, hydroelectric power, and skilled tradespeople. Dave, welcome to the program. Thanks, Ellis. Give us an overview of the company, if you don't mind. Terrax is a wonderful high-grade gold district play. It is next to Yellowknife, Northwest Territories. It's roughly 790 square kilometers, and it is on trend with two very prolific past-producing high-grade mines. It's an aggressive project in that you have so much land, and we have some results in from the 2020 winter drilling at Yellowknife. Tell us all about that. Yeah, we're absolutely stoked about what's happening right now because we're drilling for the first time in the winter in a couple of years. And winter drilling for us is exciting as it provides us access to a target called Sam Auto. Albeit we haven't received assay results, uh, we have had a good look at some core. We've actually news released some of the details about the holes that we've drilled and put out some pictures of that core. It looks great. And now we're anxiously anticipating the assay results. And are those pictures on your website or are they in the news release or both? Both. So all anyone has to do right now is go to TerraXMinerals.com Com. That's T-E-R-R-A-X minerals.com. And you can see that news release and see those photographs for yourself. I always like looking at pictures of core. Most folks don't understand what core is, but it's really what comes from the drilling. You can often see visible gold in that core. Can you not? Not often because it's hard to drill core with visible gold, and that's what makes this core special. But yes, from time to time, if you manage to hit the right type of rock, you can see flecks of visible gold. The variability of the grade when that happens can be quite vast, but typically it's a great pathfinder to a good discovery. So what is the path going forward for the next month or two? We're going to keep drilling on this target. We're going to drill roughly 10,000 meters in total. Uh, We mentioned in the press release we've drilled about a fifth of that. We've gotten to about 2,000 meters drilled. The assay results from the holes that we've drilled will start to come back and we'll generate news flow in the next couple of weeks here. Then they'll roll right through. The drills will stop turning in April and the final results we would expect back sometime four to six weeks after the drills stop turning. So this is quite an extensive property and you recently added a bit to it, didn't you? Yes, we did. We picked up a couple of key pieces of ground. Picking up ground in this district has been, as you can see, a large part of what Terex has done. We've certainly made our focus on drilling and expanding a resource which is very close to town. Adding land has not been part of that focus. However, we did recently put together a couple of key pieces which are on strike with some past producing high-grade mines which are on our property. Now, one thing when I think of or the general public thinks of with reference to the Northwest Territories or the Yukon or way out there in the hinterlands of Canada is accessibility and economics, but there is a 
fantastic infrastructure in Yellowknife that you have access to. That is absolutely one of the hallmarks of this project and one of the things that has drawn me as well as many of our shareholders and the rest of the team to the project. It's rare to have such a high-grade district in the north directly adjacent to town. In fact, the NI43101 resource, which we just put out recently, is based on three targets that are within 12 kilometers of town. So that's very close and it gives us access to infrastructure, including roads, power. As I've said many times in my presentations, there are very few projects where you can get a coffee at Tim Hortons and drive to the drill and still have that coffee be too hot to drink. I know Gerald Panettone came out of retirement, I guess, three times now. And he, of course, was one of the founders of Detour Lake, which was recently picked up by Kirkland. He doesn't come out of retirement for just anything. He was looking and he believes he's found, you believe you found another district size project. Yeah, the potential of this district size project is tremendous. But as I stated earlier in the interview, where we're focusing is on an area right near town. And that area has the potential to be, in Gerald's words, another detour. And so what we're going to do is we're going to stay focused on expanding our resources and showing that there's potential for a mine right there, 10 kilometers or 12 kilometers from town. And then as we start to generate momentum, as we start to build up that resource base, we can start to poke out and find the next one and the next one and the next one. And that's really the blue sky that we see on this project. Well, Dave, thank you so much for joining us today in the program. I look forward to more results and conversations in the near future. Ellis, get used to talking to me because we've got lots of news flow coming through April and May. I've been speaking with David Suda, the president and CEO of TerraX Minerals, trading on the TSX Venture Exchange under the symbol TXR and in the U.S. as TRXXF. For TerraX Minerals and the Ellis Martin Report, I'm Ellis Martin. TerraX is a paid sponsor of the Ellis Martin Report. Would you like to be one of the first to see who we are following? Subscribe to our audio newsletter. It's free. EllisMartinReport.com I'm Ellis Martin. Strokes, heart attacks, diabetes, Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's, multiple sclerosis, brain injuries. These are just some of the major afflictions that have affected someone that we know or have known, people close to us. It's inescapable in this thing that we call life. Most often we lose these family members or friends. And again, many of them survive to live out a slow death or debilitation, not only suffering for themselves, but for those of us who love them and take care of them. In my travels as a journalist and entrepreneur, I've come across a company called Jitya Genesis Medicine and their CEO, Dan Montano. Quoting from the company's website, zgm.care, Jitya Genesis Medicine's drug development has led them to a possible treatment for those diseases and more, growing new blood vessels in the human body, a process referred to as angiogenesis. FGF-1 is a potent growth factor with just that ability. By growing new blood vessels in the human body, Jitya believes that FGF-1 could reverse the root causes of those diseases. Last June, the chief science editor of this radio program and my close friend and business partner in biotech, Dr. Thomas Glenn, suffered a significant stroke here in Los Angeles. Thankfully, he is recovering, but it's hard work, involving continuous therapy. While I was not the one afflicted, it has affected me personally as well as his other close friends and family. When I learned about Jitya and FGF-1, I was keen to become involved to purvey this company's story to our audience across the U.S. 
specifically in Florida, and our global audience as well. And yes, after mutual due diligence between myself and the company, I have been contracted, or shall I say paid, to purvey this story to you today. I'm hopeful that someday this technology can assist afflicted individuals such as Dr. Glenn and millions of others globally. Please join me for a chat with Dan Montano of Zhitya Genesis Medicine. Dan, welcome to the program. Great to have you with us. Thank you. If you don't mind, Dan, please give us an overview of the company. Our company, Zhitya Genesis Medicine, is a company developing a biological drug. So basically, we're a biotech company. And the drug we've been developing for the last 21 years is a drug that triggers the body's natural regenerative process through something called angiogenesis. And with this, we believe we can treat the cause of death for over 50% of all adults. That would be heart disease, stroke recovery, and we're now also introducing it into the brain to treat neurodegenerative diseases such as, once again, stroke recovery, Parkinson's disease, multiple sclerosis, Alzheimer's, and others. So we're very excited about our molecule. Now, you mentioned a big word, angiogenesis. Why don't you tell our audience exactly what that is? Angiogenesis is the medical terminology for the natural biological process of growing new blood vessels. So every listener that you have has done this thousands of times in their life. When they scrape their elbow, when they cut themselves shaving, whenever they bruise themselves because of the trauma done at a cellular level, your body manufactures the same molecule that we manufacture and your body orders your body to regenerate into heal. So when your listeners fell down at 10 years old and scraped their elbow, they tore off skin, they ruptured blood vessels because blood was coming out and they could feel the tingling because they had destroyed nerves. Their body made this identical molecule and told the body to grow new skin, new blood vessels, new nerves. So the news for your listeners is the reason they healed was because of this molecule and not mama's kiss. Does this slow down due to the aging process as we get older? It doesn't really slow down if you cut yourself or you damage yourself. The difference is the diseases that are killing over half the people today, like coronary artery disease, blocked arteries, stroke, these diseases don't have trauma. They're not an injury inflicted by a cut or a fall. These are things where there is a slow closure of blood vessels. And so what happens is, is there is no signal to the body to make this molecule. So we manufacture the molecule in our laboratory and we take it to the area where new blood vessels are needed, like in the heart. And we've done four human clinical trials on the heart. We've grown blood vessels. And at our website, people can actually see the ABC nightly news clip of our medicine growing new blood vessels in the heart. So the difference is, is that there is a lack of trauma in the diseases that are killing half of the people in America and the world today, which are basically diseases of slow choking of their blood system. When you and I first became acquainted at a recent conference in Vancouver, what stuck in my head initially was the fact that you could grow new blood vessels in the brain and also in the heart, which is huge, especially for victims of either a heart attack or a stroke. But I did some research on your website and there are many what are called tissue perfusion disorders. And since that word is scattered throughout your website, I'd like to discuss what a perfusion is and all of the different potential applications for your technology. I'm guessing it's a platform technology. Is that not correct, sir? Absolutely a platform technology. So of your listeners, over 
half of them will suffer and most likely die from a perfusion deficiency. And what that basically means, perfusion is blood. So good perfusion means the blood is going through the arteries and getting where it needs to go. Perfusion deficiency means that insufficient blood is getting there, whether it's heart muscle in the case of heart disease, whether it's leg muscles in the case of peripheral artery disease, which affects over 10 million Americans, whether it's diabetic foot ulcers, which the 30 million Americans with diabetes know is a deadly disease. The diabetic foot ulcers don't heal because there's insufficient blood in the skin of a diabetic. And in the brain, everyone knows that a stroke is caused by insufficient blood to an area of the brain, a perfusion deficiency. But in the last four or five years, a new diagnostic technology called a functional MRI has revealed the blood flows can be measured in the brain now. And they can see that people who have Alzheimer's have a blood or a perfusion deficiency in the memory areas of the brain. Parkinson's sufferers have a perfusion deficiency, lack of blood in the substantia nigra area leading to Parkinson's disease, multiple sclerosis. All of these diseases now in the brain are starting to show that a perfusion deficiency exists in their brain where they are now having the symptoms of what we would call these brain disorders. And the list goes on. I am seeing degenerative disc disease and lower back pain, something many of us have. I have that occasionally. And hair loss. I mean, it's just endless here. (laughs) Erectile dysfunction, inflammatory bowel disease. I know we just need to focus on a few things so we don't overwhelm our audience here. But sir, you've got a lot going on with this company. Well, please understand from the neck down, there are 75 known diseases of perfusion deficiency or lack of blood flow to a tissue or organ. In the brain, our guess is now that there's over 25 diseases that are perfusion deficiencies or lack of blood flow to an area of the brain. So yes, we have a lot to do. And what we do now is we have 19 targets. We're at the FDA working on the heart indication, which is the biggest cause of death in the world. We're working on an application for diabetic foot ulcers. We have phase 2B evidence that we can heal 100% of diabetic foot ulcers. And in the brain, we're going for Parkinson's first, and we have an application to do a Parkinson's trial. And we believe that within a period of time, we'll find out if our theory is right or not. So yes, we have a lot going on. And I believe that half of your audience should love us because we may extend their life another 20, 30 years without pain and suffering. Well, that's a massive claim there, Dan. And I want to follow up with this question. Do you have any clinical trial success stories where you were able to reverse a human disease process by using this therapeutic angiogenesis? On our website, and people can go to zgm.care or they can go to Zicha Genesis Medicine. And there are links to the ABC Nightly News did a story on our drug growing blood vessels in the human heart during a clinical trial under the FDA at the University of Cincinnati. And these were all heart patients that had been given less than one year to live. They had to be what is called a no-option heart patient. Their hearts were so bad they could not walk 50 yards. And after our treatment, 100% returned to normal lives and their pain was either gone or dramatically reduced. In the case of the diabetic foot ulcers, we also have clinical data which supports that. So we're very excited. We've got evidence and people can go to the website and see this. And we are recruiting people people for our clinical trial. So we're recruiting people for the Parkinson's trial, the diabetic foot ulcer trial, the Alzheimer's trial. We're looking for people because as you know, Martin, 70% of all clinical trials fail because there's insufficient volunteers. In doing
doing the heart trial with the US FDA, we were having a very difficult time recruiting patients, actually one a month from 20 hospitals. And then when the ABC story came out saying that we could save people from death stores, we got 15,000 inquiries a week, people who didn't want to die. So we've learned that we have to reach out and find people who want to be in our trial so that we can go faster than waiting for a professor at a university to find somebody for us. And this is one of the reasons, of course, that you reached out to this radio program to appeal to our audience to participate in these trials and take an interest in the company, correct? Absolutely, Martin. We looked at the amazing reach that you have and the people that will be learning about what we are doing over the next year. And we want people to know. And we also want them to send you questions if they need information on a certain thing like traumatic brain injury or multiple systems atrophy. So we're seeking clinical people to follow us. And we hope people that will be able to help us as we go through the approval process with the regulators. We would like the FDA, if we have a treatment for Parkinson's, we would like them to address it earlier than have it sit on their desk for six years. I was looking at some statistics online this morning without quoting them exactly. I know there are many veterans with traumatic brain injuries. There are a plethora of sports injuries around the world. It's throughout our culture, actually, and I'm heartened to think that we are potentially purveying a possible solution for that. Martin, I think what is interesting is when you learn the new hypothesis that many of these diseases are of the fragile vessels, the capillaries in the brain, becoming disoriented because of accident or trauma or toxics or whatever. And you start to look at all of these implications. It's absolutely mind boggling. And when you can see, and we have animal data, the vascularization in the brain after acoustic shock, like shooting your weapon in combat, you would be shocked to see what happens inside the brain. We have a pending clinical trial in ALS and we're out talking to people and we're learning that people who have ALS seem to have a lot of concussion and it seems to affect the vascularization at the top of their spine which affects the motor neuron. We're learning so much and I think PTSD, I think TBIs, I think so many things are related to the disruption of these fragile vascular systems. So remember a capillary is five microns. A red corpuscle is three microns. So that little tiny red corpuscle is squeezing and twisting and pushing its way down the capillary to deliver blood and oxygen to the necessary cells. And they got a tight journey. And if anything goes wrong along that channel, you're going to get less blood. And this is why we believe the brain of older people shrinks because the cells at the end of that vascular system are slowly starving to death. So I'm thinking right now, being a man of a certain age, that this technology potentially in the future could be made available simply as a life extender. Well, I'm 71 years old, and one of my anticipated things, as soon as we are confirmed that it's safe in the brain, which we have confirmed in animals, we just haven't human chest, I plan on getting it myself for the following reason. On our website, you can see a study done from the Columbia School of Medicine, which says the reason older people's brains deteriorate is because the vascular system is diminishing because of what I basically just described. I don't know how much my brain has shrunk, but I figure out if it proves to be safe as it has in animals like monkeys, then I'm willing to find out if it helps me keep my brain going for another 30, 40 years. I'm only 71. I've only got 30, 40 years left. Well, Dan, it's a great pleasure to get acquainted with you here on the air. I know we're going to be talking frequently. I have many more questions, but I will save them for future broadcasts. Thank you so much for joining me today in the program. Thank you. Appreciate the time. I've been speaking with Dan Montano, the CEO of Zitya Genesis Medicine. 
The company's website is zgm.care. That's zgm.care. All you have to do is type into your browser zgm.care and you'll find their website. Feel free to contact me with any questions regarding this company as well, and I'll make sure that you are connected to the company. Reach me as follows, info at ellismartinreport.com. That's info at ellismartinreport.com. Subscribe to the Ellis Martin Newsletter. Go to ellismartinreport.com and fill out the quick and easy pop-up form. High-quality but undervalued mining stocks are finally starting to attract the attention of investors. Get the latest news and resource stock investment opportunities with a subscription to Resource World magazine. Published six times a year, Resource World features in-depth articles on mineral area plays, commodities of interest, and valuable investment insights by highly qualified market analysts, geologists, and mining journalists. Go to resourceworld.com to find out more. I'm Ellis Martin. Tim Tremonde is the CEO and president of Tega Gold Corp, trading as TGC on the Canadian Securities Exchange and TGGDF on the OTC in the U.S. Tega Gold Corp is a mineral exploration company focusing on gold in eastern Saskatchewan, Canada. The company's flagship project is the Fisher property, located adjacent to SSR Mining CB Gold Operation property and approximately 1.5 kilometers from the Santoy Mine itself. The Fisher property is bisected by the Santoy Shear Zone along its entire length, approximately 18 kilometers, and the nearby Santoy Mine is currently producing high-grade gold from this structure. The Fisher property is under option to SSR Mining, where they are undertaking significant exploration, including drilling, with the intent of locating gold deposits for development into potential reserves. Tim, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me aboard. Give us some background on Tega Gold Corp, Tim. It's actually a long story. It started back in 1992 when my father and I started a company called Eagle Plains Resources. And Eagle Plains sort of over the years was a prospect generator before that even really became vogue in the mining industry. We've been a publicly traded company for 25 years. We listed on the Alberta Stock Exchange in 1995 and over the years have worked on projects, spun them out. If a project sort of took on a life of its own, we would separate it from the rest of the portfolio that Eagle Plains had and start a new company with the objective being that this new company could be easily acquired by a partner or sold off to a third party or whatever to sort of give liquidity to Eagle Plains shareholders. And Tyga is the latest iteration of that. Tyga was spun out from Eagle Plains about two years ago, and it's now trading on the CSD under the symbol TGC. I guess one other thing that's quite important for people to remember about Eagle Plains as sort of the parent company to Tyga is Eagle Plains still has only 90 million shares out, and it's never been rolled back over the years. That's something we're quite proud of. And through these spin-outs, which are essentially dividends to our shareholders, Eagle Plains has dividended out roughly $75 million worth of shares in other companies to our shareholders. So even though Eagle Plains has a modest market cap of about $10 million right now, we've dividended out seven or eight times that over the years to our shareholders. How many shares are out there with Tiger, Tim? We currently have 64 million shares out, fully diluted, roughly $70 million. You mentioned acquisition, and I can't help but look at where you're located with the Fisher property. It's about, as far as I understand, 1.5 kilometers away from Silver Standard's CB Gold operation. So telegraphing forward a little bit, what are your hopes and goals for this company? We have a partnership right now with SSR Mining. It used to be Silver Standard Resources. Silver Standard bought the CB Gold operation in 2016 
from Claude Resources. It's quite interesting. We stake the claims that adjoin the CB Gold operation. We call that project the Fisher Project. We stake those claims back in 2012 when map staking first came on in Saskatchewan. And the reason we stake there is we knew that map staking was coming. They gave us six months heads up that map staking was on its way. So we actually spent a lot of time and resources researching all over Saskatchewan so we would be ready on opening day for the map staking. And our guys came up with this area, the area just south of the Santoyo deposit, which is part of the CB Gold operation. They came up with that as our number one priority target. So, you know, we were quite amazed that we could stake to within a kilometre and a half of a producing deposit. And we were just hopeful that the geology carried on to the south from the CB Gold operation claims to our claims. And sure enough, over the years, SSR and the work they've been doing has sort of proven that that's the case, that the high potential structure that they mine at Santoy actually does go down into our project, into the Fisher Project. In fact, they've mapped it over 25 kilometers now of strike length through our property. So there's a lot of room for exploration, and we feel this is a very high potential area. So what do you have to do this year to prove up the resource? Well, thankfully, for our part, we don't have to do anything. We sit and wait and see what SSR comes up with. They're the operator on the option. They're spending all the money on the exploration, so they're taking all the risk and all the financial risk as well. Right now, there's two drills turning on the property. They just started about two weeks ago. They'll drill as long as they can until the ice breaks up, which would probably be sort of mid-April. And then they plan on going back in in the summer and doing a lot more surface exploration, which is mapping, soil sampling, prospecting. Right now... We're sort of on cruise control while they do their work. In the meantime, we've also got two other projects in that direct area, too, that aren't part of the SSR option agreement, and we will be focusing our attention on those sort of concurrently with SSR's work on the Fisher property. What do you need to do to move those other projects forward? They're not as far advanced as the Fisher property. We're more at the prospecting soil sampling stage. We're target evaluation right now. The two properties are called the Leland and the Orchid property. We did a little bit of work on Leland last year. We spent about a quarter million million dollars doing soil sampling, mapping, prospecting, and came up with a couple of good target areas that we'll do more focused work on this summer. Same thing with the Orchid property. There are a lot of high-grade occurrences on that property that haven't been evaluated, certainly haven't been drill tested yet. So we'll be inching towards drilling those ourselves. If not this year, then maybe next fall or into the winter. We've just got to get our target hammered down. So basically, if you're a potential investor in this company and those that are listening to this program may be potential investors, I would say, and it's me saying it, not you, that it might be prudent to take a position in this company and then just wait and let's see what happens. Yeah, I think that's a good strategy. I mean, our market cap for Taiga right now is about $6 million. SSR, this program alone, is spending likely north of $4 million. They've already spent $8 million on the Fisher property, $7.8 million. So for a company with a micro cap that Taiga has to have that kind of exposure to that much exploration is really quite unusual. And forward-looking statements aside, I can't imagine our market cap staying that low forever. I think we're very undervalued, and I think a lot of people are starting to realize that. So there's very little risk right now because we really don't have to spend that much money to exist as a company while our partners are spending a lot of money on our property. And then again, you're biased because you are the CEO of this company and I'm biased too because I'm a shareholder of this company. Yeah, absolutely. All biases aside, not a bad situation. It's a great business model. That's why I'm interested in your company. Right. Well, thank you. It's certainly from the Eagle Plains perspective, it stood the test of time. I mean, we've been around a long time and we're still very healthy. And again, Taiga is just 
just the latest spin-out. We've done a number of them over the years, and they've ended quite well, too. Probably our most successful one was Copper Canyon that we spun out that was taken over by Nova Gold in 2011 for $65 million. All those shares that were assumed by Nova Gold were shares that originated from Eagle Plains, so it was a really big payday for our shareholders, and we hope to do it again. That's our goal, is to do it again. Well, Tim, it's great to speak with you today. I look forward to more developments as they come along. Thank you so much for joining me today in the program. Thank you very much, Ellis. I've been speaking with Tim Termonde, the President and CEO of Tega Gold Corp, trading as TGC on the Canadian Securities Exchange and TGGDF on the OTC in the U.S. Find the company on the web at tagagold.com. That's T-A-I-G-A gold.com. I'm Ellis Martin. You may assume that Ellis Martin is a shareholder on any of the companies that sponsor the Ellis Martin Report, which means he has a vested interest potentially in them. I'm Ellis Martin. Join me now for a conversation with David Watkinson, the president and CEO of M Gold Mining Corporation, trading under the symbol EMR on the TSX Venture Exchange in the U.S. as EGMCF and on the Frankfurt Exchange as EMLM. M Gold is a gold, silver, and base metal exploration company focused on Nevada and Quebec. The company's strategy is to look for asset acquisitions in a buyer's market, add value to the acquisitions through computerization and remodeling of historic exploration data, new exploration, and application of modern geophysics, as well as seeking asset divestitures through sale, joint venture, option, royalty, and other business transactions to advance their projects and create value for their shareholders. In this interview, we will discuss the company's recent news regarding M Gold and Rio Tinto's Kennecott Exploration signing an earn-in with option to joint venture agreement for the New York Canyon property in Nevada. Dave, welcome to the program. Great. Thanks for having me. If you don't mind, give our audience an overview of M Gold Mining Corporation and also tell us what sets you apart from other junior exploration companies out there. M Gold is a Vancouver, British Columbia-based junior exploration company. We're focused on two key mining jurisdictions, Nevada and Quebec, which are the number one and number four mining jurisdictions for investment, according to the Fraser Institute in 2018. So we focus on those jurisdictions because they support mining. They have great exploration opportunity. All the major mining companies work there. So we have acquired a set of exploration properties in both jurisdiction and we're looking at a business model where we try to do acquisitions in a down market in the mining industry right now and then try to add value to those acquisitions and then look to divest of those assets relatively quickly in a time frame. So where a traditional junior miner might be trying to take a single project through a development cycle from exploration through into production, our goal is to acquire a suite of assets essentially and advance them simultaneously and try to create multiple opportunities for our investors by advancing them. And jurisdiction is really everything, isn't it? It really is in our industry. We've selected these particular jurisdictions because exploration is supported by the provincial or state governments that are located there. Mining regulation is well-defined, and you can take a deposit and advance it. In Quebec in particular, there's tax-advantaged financing called flow-through financing that can be 
done to help advance properties and brings investment into advancing properties there that is much superior to in other jurisdictions. And of course, there's a discount by operating in Quebec. The provincial government there is very active in assisting the sector. Uh, they have a great database of information that they've put together that's accessible by mining companies. They have assessment reports that are completed on properties that are kept in a database. So from past mining activities, you can go and acquire these reports on properties that you might have today that have a lot of historic information, and they give you a leg up in the expiration of a property once you acquire it, because there's sometimes historic data that's already there that you have access to. And this data helps you to accrue value in these assets, doesn't it? It does. I mean, what we found, especially in the down cycle right now, is a lot of junior exploration companies have not had the funds to explore their properties. So in many cases, they've been sitting there for a decade or more, and companies have struggled to hold on to those. So we're able to take advantage sometimes and go out and acquire advanced stage assets that have a tremendous database of information. Often that data involves 100,000 feet or more of drilling that's been done by historic operators that would cost us millions of dollars to replace today. So we're able to acquire those databases along with the property. So it's not just having the property, but it's also the database of information that comes with it. We take that database and reinterpret it and apply modern exploration techniques. We often apply modern geophysics and then create a new exploration model that we use then to advance the property and do additional drilling to bring the property to a much higher advanced stage level than what it was previously. There's also different legislation that came into the mining industry over the last couple of decades. One of the main ones is National Instrument NI43101, and then there's also standards that groups like the Canadian Institute of Mining have developed. So the exploration done on properties is at a much higher standard than what it was a few decades ago. So we endeavor to bring the historic properties up to that new standard as we do our exploration. As of this broadcast, you have some major news involving a global miner, Rio Tinto. Let's talk about that, Dave. One of our business models is to do acquisitions. So in Nevada, we acquired a property called New York Canyon that hosts a copper porphyry deposit. It had been drilled by past operators probably going back to the 1960s through the early 2000s. And we were able to option this property. And subsequent to that, we had a subsidiary of Rio Tinto Kennecott Exploration uh, approach us about optioning the property. So we just put out a press release where they have agreed to come in and they have an option to earn a 75% interest in the property by expending about $22.5 million in exploration over a number of years. And once they earn that 75% interest, the ownership of the property would convert to a 75-25% joint venture. So this is a great deal for us. It brings in a major mining company with incredible expertise, both in exploration, but also in developing mining projects in the base metals. So that would be a copper molly property with other credits such as gold and silver. They have the ability to do the feasibility work and bring it into production if they're successful in exploration. So it's a great partner for us to have. So Rio Tinto basically is doing most of not all the work. 
they're paying for it. What is your cost going forward? What do you anticipate you're going to have to do, and how are you capitalized for that? Well, during this earn-in period, we won't have essentially any expiration costs, so they will be the ones putting the money in the ground, which is one of the big advantages to us. So we essentially bring the property to the deal, and they're essentially bringing the money to fund the expiration and advancement of the property. So until they reach a point where the joint venture is formed, we wouldn't have any real expiration expenditures. And then once the joint venture forms, we would have to share according to what the percentage of the joint venture is. So their options increase depending on when the joint venture is formed. They can go anywhere from a 55 to 65 to 75% ownership, depending on how much money they've invested over that period of time. So if they're successful, you know, our expectation would be that they would earn into the 75% interest and we'd be left with a 25% ownership of the property. And then we would have to raise the capital somewhere down the road in order to maintain that percentage of ownership. Nevada is probably the best jurisdiction in the United States. According to what I'm reading here, in 2018, the state produced 5.0 million ounces of gold or 83% of U.S. production. Tell us about what your company is doing in Nevada. We have a number of properties that we've acquired in Nevada. One of our strategies is to try to acquire properties that are adjacent to operating mines. So we have three properties that are adjacent to the Rawhide Mine that's operated by Rawhide Mining Company, which is a private company at this point. One of the properties is an inline property now to their claims, and it has potential to create a royalty cash flow for our company if it has resources developed on it that are ultimately mined at the adjacent Rawhide Mine. In the case of New York Canyon, it was a standalone property, although it is adjacent to a past-producing gold mine called the Santa Fe Mine, but it's a copper porphyry ore body that was never developed but had historic mining on it probably back in the early 1900s, but never developed with any modern mining. And then across the valley from it, about 12 miles away, we required a property called Mindora, which was drilled in the 1980s and 90s, and it has a gold showing or gold deposit based on the drilling that was done historically. And potentially there's a molly porphyry ore body at depth, also based on historic drilling that was done. So while it's an earlier stage property, it's really been sitting there since the 1990s without any modern exploration. So our goal is to unlock the potential of that ore body through expiration, and hopefully we can find another deal like we did with Rio Tinto on New York Canyon. We'd love to be able to repeat that at Mendora. Tell us about your management team, Dave. Well, we've got a management team that's small and lean, but experienced. So myself, I'm a mining engineer. My background is in project development, which includes permitting and construction of mines. So I worked for companies such as Kinross or or Placer Dome over the years, and also for mining construction companies and engineering companies over the years. So I've worked for juniors and seniors and engineering companies, and my background is very diverse because of that. I have both underground and open pit mining skills. We have a geologist that works for us here in the United States that's got over 30 years of experience working in California and Nevada, and then we have a geologist that's been working for us in Quebec with over 30 years of experience. 
experience. So we have a team that has worked in these jurisdictions, familiar with a lot of the opportunities that are there for acquisition because of their history and working in those jurisdictions. So we also use consultants on a regular basis as needed because the expiration tends to be done in programs that are discrete over a period of time. So we will mobilize in people to help us as required to advance the properties. Now, Dave, this is the first time we've had MGold on this program. That's because you're now able to be traded electronically in the U.S. In other words, I or anybody else can buy your stock online. You mentioned early on that you're a Canadian company, but of course you have assets here in the U.S. The company wants to expose itself to our vast American audience in addition to the global audience. Let's talk about the valuation of the company and the share structure and give potential investors an idea what that looks like. We trade on the Toronto Venture Exchange. We're a BC company, but we also trade in the United States on the OTC markets. In Canada, we trade under the symbol EMR. In the United States, we trade under the symbol EGMCF on OTC markets. And then we also trade on the Frankfurt Exchange under the symbol EMLM. So we have been listed on these markets for a number of years. We just recently acquired the DTC eligibility in order to try to improve our exposure in the United States and increase, hopefully, the number of investors that are participating in the opportunity that our company brings. We certainly are looking in the future at increasing our marketing activities both in Canada, the United States, and also in Germany and Europe to try to build up our company and investor knowledge of. Well, every public company has a fiduciary duty to increase its shareholder awareness. Dave, it's been a pleasure meeting you over this interview. I look forward to an update as soon as your company has it. Thank you so much for joining me today on the program. Well, thank you for having me. I've been speaking with David Watkinson, the president and CEO of MGold Mining Corporation, training under the symbol EMR on the TSX Venture Exchange in the U.S. as EGMCF and on the Frankfurt Exchange as EMLM. Find the company on the web at mgold.com. I'm Ellis Martin. Would you like to be one of the first to see who we are following? Subscribe to our audio newsletter. It's free. EllisMartinReport.com Join us next time for more opportunities to discover on the Ellis Martin Report. Visit EllisMartinReport.com